Um, we're just going to get into the Word together this morning. Amen. And we're going to, res- we're going to respond to what God's speaking to us about uh, at the end. And so it's really good because families are together, we get to respond together because, you know, to use the words of Joshua, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. So, you know, we're meant to worship the Lord as family, amen? I said, we're meant to worship the Lord as family, amen? Oh, amen. Good, good. So, Father, we want to thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word that is truth. We thank you for your spirit, the spirit of truth that speaks truth to us. And Lord, we thank you today at this time that you continue to give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And so God, we ask that, we, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would be open, that our hearts would be open. We bind every spirit at work that would seek to distract us and deceive us this morning in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit amongst us. Lord, we just yield to you and the work of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been in a, in a season or a time of looking at being free to worship based upon, well, a lot of things because the church needs to be free to worship. The people of God need to be free to worship. But, you know, the verse of Scripture that this all started with was when Moses presented himself to Pharaoh time and time again. And he said, let, let my people go that they may worship me. Let my people go that they may worship me. And, you know, for us, there's things in the world and there's things around us that kind of hold us and have us. And the question is, are we really free to worship the Lord? Now, obviously, we're not just talking about singing a song on a Sunday. Because true, because true worship is living our lives for the one who gave himself for us. Amen? It's our response. It's the position of our hearts and it's our response to him. Yes, we can worship the Lord through song. In heaven, we see them worshipping around the throne day and night, night and day. Worshipping in song. They sang a song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. But if we only keep it to that, we're missing out what the true heart of worship actually really is. You see, worship is not about us. It's about Him. And it's funny, you know, over the years of 25 years nearly of pastoral ministry, you know, you hear comments like, I didn't really like that song today. I didn't really appreciate that thing. And my response is probably getting a bit bolder and cheekier over the years when, when I say, well, when was it ever about you? Whereas years ago, I probably wouldn't say that. But it's true. When is it about us? When, when is it about us? It's not about us. Because without Jesus, we are nothing. If it wasn't for his death and sacrifice and his resurrection, there is no eternal life. But thanks be to God, there is. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Jesus reminded us in John 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And our dependence upon him, you know, Jesus has to be everything. One of the churches that I used to pastor back in Tasmania has this big sign across the top, we preach Christ crucified and then Jesus only mighty to save. There's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. It's not Buddha, it's not Muhammad, it's not whatever. It's Jesus. 
There is not many ways to heaven. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to be saved. And that message is not a popular message anymore because of our woke society, but it is a message that needs to ring out from the church. There is only one name and there is only one way. Is there an amen? So we were created to worship. But unfortunately, many people worship the created things rather than the creator. We worship, we worship people. We worship possessions. We worship positions and titles. We worship all these kinds of others. People even worship creation rather than the creator. So we need to make sure that we are people who worship the one who spoke and flung the stars into space and, and created what we see around us. We worship the creator. It is an all of life thing. Is there an Amen. Because it's about the position of our hearts. And as David said, one of our key verses, David said, I have set the Lord always before me. That is the, that is the position of our heart. That is the, the inclination of our heart is towards Him. So whether we're washing the dishes or whether we're singing a song on a Sunday, it is all worship unto Him. It's whether we're in a job that we're struggling with or we're in a place where we just don't know what we're doing. We have to learn to worship because worship is the key to breakthrough. Paul and Silas in prison, they were worshipping the Lord and they got their breakthrough. Jehoshaphat was with the army and they were worshipping and they got the breakthrough. We have to understand that worship is the key to the breakthrough. Because what it does is it gets our eyes off everything else and it puts our eyes back on Him again. Amen? We are called into a relationship with God. Adam and Eve, we're in a relationship. Enoch, David, New Covenant, Christianity, all the way through. It's always been about relationship with God and it's always been about our heart. You know, as I've said before, I've said, a, I've said a few times before with like Enoch, you know, he walked with God in such a way that God took him. He walked with God. He pleased God and God took him. He didn't taste death. We read in 2 Chronicles 16.9 that the eyes of the Lord range, roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those whose hearts are wholly devoted to him. It's, it's always been about the heart. Jeremiah 29, the promise. I have plans and a future for you. When you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. It's always been about the heart. Man has made it about rules and regulations and systems and traditions, but it's always been about the heart. Isaiah prophesied about a people, and the Lord spoke about them in Isaiah 29. We looked at this a few weeks ago. And it says, the Lord says that these people approach me with their lips and their speeches, yet their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is made up of rules of man. It's always been about the heart. David, David was a worshipper. It's about the heart. He wasn't the tallest. He wasn't the strongest. He was the bravest, though, because, he, because God had his heart. Sheena reminded us, of all the other brothers that were taller and stronger and older and wiser. And, and Samuel's going, no, not that one. No, not that one. No, not that one. Have you got any more? 
You see, God doesn't look at the outward things, he looks at the heart. And so often, so much stuff happens because people are looking at the external, but they don't actually see the heart. One of the lessons that I've learned over the years is the issue is not the issue. People present with issues, people present with stuff, but there's something going on in here that's, that's not visible. People, pe- people often act out. They often blow a puffer valve. They, you know, they're, like, they're like a volcano and things happen in their life, but it's not about that. There's been something else that's been going on on the inside and you need to get to the inside. You need to get to the heart matters. You need to get to the deep places. We, we have to stop looking in the flesh. We have to stop looking at each other. In, in the natural, we need to see each other in the spirit and we need to hear each other's heart. Is there an amen to that? It's always been about the heart. And of course, Revelation, where we started this four weeks ago, whenever it was, is that the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, they were doing so many good things. They were testing apostles. They were, you know, um, they were persevering. They were hardworking. But yet God said, I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. You've forsaken your first love. So the question is this morning, what has our hearts? What, what has your heart today in this part of your life? What has your heart? Because Jesus said, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Luke writes it this way. A good person produces good, good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can tell what's in someone's heart by what comes out of their mouth. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can tell what's in people's hearts and, and you can actually tell what has people's hearts by what they speak. If someone is always talking about cars, you know that either they just don't want to be like Guy, who's not Mr. Fix-It Guy, okay, Or cars are a major part of their life and they just keep speaking about it. There's a guy that lives across from us that's just out every day doing something to his lawn. He's mowing his lawn, he's tending his lawn, and when you talk to him, he's always speaking about his lawn. That might sound really funny, but it actually means that there's a bit in his heart, his lawn. Even people. You can... You can, you can tell. You can tell where people are, are at in relationships. You can tell where people are at in their marriage by the way that they speak. Because it's out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. How do we speak of our spouse? You can tell. Because it's true. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not just a verse. It's truth. But you see, it doesn't just have to be about possessions and careers and people and all this kind of stuff. It can be other things that are in here, amen? There can be unforgiveness. There can be, there can be offense. There can be, there can be anger. 
There can be jealousy. There can be insecurity. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're around someone who's critical all the time, what's going on in here? Does God really have their heart? I would would say no. What, I'm just trying to say, what has your heart? What has your heart? It can be people, possessions and goods and all kinds of different things, but it can be those things that you're so filled with anger, you're so filled with jealousy, you're so filled with unforgiveness, you're so filled with bitterness, that that's what has your heart as well. And that's why, you know, the Lord's just saying, you know, the things that he says about um, forgiving and, and loving and praying for your enemies and stuff, they're not just good ideas. They're actually for, for, your, for your health and for your life so that you don't get bogged down, but you're actually released and living in the life and the freedom. But not only that, it's actually good for our bodies. There's, we haven't got time to get into it today, but there's so many verses of Scripture that link these kind of things to sickness in our body. Even the doctors and the people today are talking about, which is like, well, kind of dirt, in the, like it's in the Bible. It's about the, the relation of the gut and the health of the gut to your body and your mental health. It's in the gut. And you know what fear and worry and anxiety do? They strip your gut. That's why Jesus said, you know, to not walk in fear, to give him all worries, to give him, you know, like to give him everything. Cast all your cares upon him. Cast all your cares upon him. I'm not saying that's easy, but I'm saying that's the answer. To cast all our cares upon him. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let the joy, the joy of the Lord be your strength. This is why we read in Proverbs. Are we going okay? You've gone very silent on me. Proverbs 4, it says in verse 23, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Now, he's not saying, do not open your heart to others in relationship. That, doesn't, that, is, that is not what he's saying, guard your heart so you don't walk in relationship with others. No, no, no. But you have to understand you need to guard your hearts so that there can be no anger and jealousy and bitterness and unforgiveness and the things of this world that are so subtle creep in until they become an idol that you don't even realise that was there. You need to guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life and we want to focus on the wellspring this morning. Is that okay? Because there's a river flowing. There's meant to be. The river always flows from the temple. Just think about that for a minute. The river flows from the temple. In Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel 47, it says that, you know, the vision of the temple and the river flowing from the temple of God, flowing down into the streets. And the further they walked from the temple, the deeper it got. It was ankle deep, it was knee deep, it was waist deep until it was over their heads. The river was flowing from the temple. Now, under the new covenant, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
And Jesus said, whoever believes in me, out of them, out of their belly, out of the temple, will flow rivers of living water. So the question is, is your river nice and clean and crystal or is it polluted? Because of what has your heart. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You know, there's people that you hang around and you go, man, I just love hanging around them because every time I'm, I'm around them, I just feel built up and strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. Have you ever met people like that? You're just like, oh, and you walk away. It's the wellspring of life. It's the river of God that's flowing. We also have to realise, and I want to point this out, because in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, whilst it, whilst it says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it also says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, and indeed in Ephesians 2, that we together are the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we together are like living stones being built together to become a holy temple. Amen? Filled with His presence. Filled with His glory. So I want to say this morning that as we worship, there is a river that flows. As our hearts are positioned towards Him, as we respond to who He is and what He's done for us, we worship. There's a river. The early, the early church understood this. I mean, we could kind of say, oh, yeah, well, of course they understood it because they just saw the Holy Spirit poured out and tongues of fire and, you know, there was all this kind of stuff happening. Well, of course they understood it. But even before that, worship was a, was a way of life. Helping the poor, helping the needy, bringing people into your home, clothing the naked, having mercy on other people, that was their way of life. It's an all-of-life thing. So when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they came together and they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer, to the breaking of bread and to the fellowship. People were in awe and wonder because people were sharing goods and possessions. There were signs and wonders and miracles. You know, the favour of God was being manifested. The people were saying, look what God's doing. Some people didn't dare join them because the presence of God was so strong. They didn't dare join them if, if, if they weren't really in it. It was an all of life thing. It couldn't be stopped. It couldn't be contained into a time slot. And what needs to, we need to break the mold of what worship is in Australia. We need to break the mold of the Western church. We've got to break the mold. We have to be mold breakers. Where we come and we do our church thing and we come and we sing our songs and we tick the box and we go, you know what, I've, I've, I've done my God thing and I, and, I, and I walk away and I live life and I have trouble here and trouble there and I don't like this and, you know, and where is God in the midst of it? We've got to break the mould. We've got to take the masks off. We've got to take them off because Scripture shows us that David was worshipping the Lord in the valley as well as the mountaintop. If you've come this morning and you're in a place of brokenness because, things are, because your life is tough right now, the answer is worship.
If you're seeing breakthrough and you're seeing victory and you're seeing, the, the answer is worship. Because it's really easy to start relying upon our own strength again. Worship keeps us focused on Him. Our nation needs to touch the river of God. Or to put it the other way, the river of God needs to touch our nation. The river. We have to come back to first love. We have to continue to allow God to remove those things in our hearts that need to be removed. Amen. Not be spectators anymore. Not be consumers anymore. But in the river. And allowing the river to flow through us. You see, this is an opportunity to be encouraged and built up and strengthened. So that when you're at work tomorrow, or when you're with the kids tomorrow and you feel like pulling your hair out, when you're at school tomorrow, wherever you are, that something's happening around you. And because your life has been so directed to Jesus, instead of trying to get through it in your own strength, all of a sudden you go, hang on a minute, I just got to sit and I got to listen to God. God, what are you saying about this situation? God, what, what's going on? And your first answer is prayer. Malachi was doing, Malachi was, was um, he had a bit of a cold thing during the week. He was doing really well. And then yesterday afternoon, about three o'clock, he just fell off a cliff again. His temperature just went, whoo, and he was just flat. And you know the first thing he said? And the Lord says, take note of this because out of the mouths of babes, he said, will you pray for me? Why is it that when we become grown-ups, we leave that behind? Why is it when we become grown-ups that we think we know stuff and we can just work our way through stuff? And we can get through stuff. She'll be right. I'm going to get through stuff. No, no, no. We just, we need to learn to worship. We need to learn to abide. We need to learn to rest in Him. We need to learn that it is all about Jesus. It's not just a song that we sing, but it's a biblical truth. Is there an amen? So what has your heart? Only you can answer that. What has your heart? Sometimes... We realise that ourselves, if we take that concept out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll probably go away from here today and you'll be talking about stuff and you'll go, oh. Oh, oh hang on a minute. And then you'll find you're somewhere else and you'll be talking and you go, oh. What has our heart? Because there is no one else. For me, none but Jesus, crucified to set me free. Now I live to bring him praise. The music team, you can 
come up. I was thinking about Revelation 22 this week. Talking about the river and the temple, the river flowing from the temple. In Revelation 22, we read these words. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the city's main street. And the tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a, of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. There is a river of God that is flowing. In some ways that may just look like a trickle. But I believe in my spirit that God wants to cause the river to come. So it is important that we position ourselves, remove any clutter, remove any obstacles, remove anything in our hearts that need to go so that we can allow the rivers of living water to touch lives. You are the answer to Bundaberg. You are the answer to the problems of Bundaberg and Jinjin and Childers and wherever you lay your feet. You are the answers because Christ in you is the hope of glory. We just need to get rid of some clutter. We need to declutter and we need to come back to the heart of worship where it's all about Him. We need to come back to our first love. We need to make sure that Jesus is the centre of our lives and our focus and you watch what He will do. You watch what He will do. He's the one. He convicts people of their sin. He convicts them of righteousness. He, he, he does it all. Oh, that we would just be the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing. That the river of God is, is flowing. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. You know, there's other verses that talk about the branch of the Lord in that day will be glorious. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. We are, we are called we are called. We are anointed. We have been given authority to see people, families turn to Jesus. But it's got to come from worship. It's got to come from that place of first love. Paul, Paul put it this way. He said, you know, if you prophesy all fathoms and mysteries and you have not love, clang and gong. You can speak in tongues of angels, clang and cymbal. It's got to come from worship. So this morning, will you allow the breath of God to breathe on you? Will you let go of anything even this morning that you feel like, wow, I actually need to let go of that. I actually need to give that to God. I need to allow God to declutter that area will you give that to him today will you allow the breath of God you know the fire 
I had a fire pit ready. We were having some people around last night, but then with the sickness, we kind of had to cancel that. But the fire pit was ready. The preparation had been made. There was paper underneath it. Then there was thin sticks. Then there was thicker sticks with more substance. Then there was little bits of wood. It causes it to light. You know, there is a flame inside of us. There is a flame of the Holy Spirit inside of us. But if we don't tend the flame of first love, if we don't tend the flame, the flame can grow dimmer. But God is wanting to breathe. There was a song we used to sing years ago. Breathe upon the coals of my heart and let your fire burn, God. Will you allow the breath of the Spirit to breathe upon your heart today? If you feel you're a bit lukewarm, if you feel, you feel you've been a bit apathetic, you've been a bit double-minded, you've been a bit confused in your walk with God, then now today is the day. Not tomorrow, but today is the day to allow the Spirit to breathe. Jesus. Because the Lord is looking for a people that will worship Him in spirit and truth. That cannot be contained or restrained. But we will worship Him. Is that you? Is that your household? Are you saying, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord? Is that you? We will worship you, Jesus. We will worship you in this school. We will worship you in the streets. We will worship you in our homes. We will worship you in our businesses. We will worship you in our workplaces. We don't want to let the rocks cry out. We don't want to let the rocks cry out. If you feel you need to respond to the Lord today, the front is the front is open. The prayer team are here to pray with you for fresh fire, for fresh breath of the Holy Spirit upon your life. To come back to the heart of worship where it's all about Jesus. The Spirit of God is going to move in this nation in ways that we've only dreamt about. He's just getting things in alignment. He's just getting things in order. We can't put the cart before the horse.